hosting for your tech life. Proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Look, there's never been a better time to be a podcaster. That's all I can say. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Great to have your company here on Your Tech Life episode 323. Thanks to our good sponsors and, and great friends at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and Arlo, the home security cameras from Netgear. Um, lots to get through this evening, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening. We had a bunch of calls. We, we had no calls last week because I was just powering through conversations. So I've, I've, I've got them all on the line here now, ready to go. We have a heap of people on the line ready to chat about their woes in technology from smartphones to computers to windows to passwords. Oh, was, we're going to cover everything if we can. Plus, there's heaps to talk about with Instagram, uh, Tesla, uh, Milo. Yeah, wait for a minute. Wait for a minute. Um, $900 headphones and my thoughts and review of the iPhone SE. And I should declare, at this point, I am drinking alcohol. Um <laughs> Uh, it shouldn't have any effect, but um, the one UDL that is in front of me uh, will probably turn into two, but that'll be after the podcast ends, and I don't think I'll get to three because I'll probably be asleep because I don't drink very often. But today has been an awesome day for the website EFTM, uh, our biggest day ever. And the good news is not thanks to just one article. A couple of great articles have uh, gone viral, as they say, um, which is awesome. So it's great to have so many people on the site. It did crash the site a few times, but I don't care. Um, that's just a sign of popularity, isn't it? Um, so it's great to have everyone's company. We'll talk about those topics here on the podcast. So you don't even need the, the site could be down. It doesn't matter. You get to hear about it anyway. You get to hear the topics. Um, so we have all of that to look forward to. As I say, thanks to the good people at Garmin and Arlo. Uh, let's do it early. Let's get techie. Instagram went into meltdown on um, over the last couple of days. It is Tuesday night, as always, as I record this. And I was sitting here on Monday evening in the Man Cave studio, scrolling through Instagram as I'm prone to do now and then. I'm noticing all these people not posting photos, but posting a, a white image with the words, uh, click here to turn on notifications and a big arrow pointing to the top right of the of the screen. Now, when you, when you, Click in that area. There's three little dots. You you get an option to turn on notifications for that user. So what the heck was behind that? And why were so many people freaking out about this? Well, it goes back to Instagram's announcement several weeks ago that they are going to change the way they deliver your feed. They are going to use algorithmic smarts as per Facebook to deliver what you want, what you need to see first. 
So they're going to make a computerized assessment of what exactly is the most popular thing you should see first so that you don't have to scroll down to find it. So just like with Facebook, you don't scroll through and see posts most recent through to oldest as you scroll down. That happens on Twitter and that happens on Instagram. In the weeks or months ahead is all we know, that will change to be algorithmic, just like Facebook. Now, this was announced some time ago, but clearly someone with some influence on, on Instagram started posting this idea that if you told your followers to turn on notifications, well, they'd never miss a post, would they? It's a great idea. Well, let me tell you why it's a crap idea. Firstly, calm down. It's not changing tomorrow. Secondly, we haven't seen how it's going to change. It might not affect many people. Thirdly, don't plead at people to to follow you, get notifications and like you. It's such a needy environment we live in. So here's what would happen if you set notifications up for just five people, let alone the hundred or more that you follow. Your phone would never stop beeping and you would probably delete Instagram. It'd be that annoying. Um, so take a chill pill is, is my thoughts. <laughs> take a chill pill because the world isn't ending tomorrow. And frankly, if they do algorithmically deliver um, Instagram posts, it's probably for the better. I'm not too stressed about it. Because here's what will happen. You'll notice that if you use Instagram a lot, you won't be overwhelmed by the algorithm. If you go to it every two days, they will absolutely drive the algorithm hard to show you the things that you missed. That's their biggest kind of point. That's what they're trying to achieve. Um, So, yeah, bottom line, don't click the button. Okay, Don't click the button that says um, that says do notifications. I think you'll just be driven cuckoo by it personally. Absolutely bonkers. Um, And frankly, you should ignore people that say that. And, you know, if people are that desperate for likes, well, it's a bit of a sad state, isn't it? Do you think? Love to know your thoughts. Jump on Twitter at Trevor Long or, of course, on on, uh, Instagram, Trevor Long AU. And if you could barrage the young man in America who is at Trevor Long on Instagram with your love, thoughts and affection, um, telling him that, frankly, Trevor Long AU would probably do anything to get to get that username. Not anything, clearly. Um, but also, if you could follow at EFTM on Instagram, that'd be great. But you don't have to hit notifications. Just follow. So now and then you see stuff. That's all. But tell me what you think. Go to Twitter at Trevor Long. Tell me what you think of the drama that is Instagram. So I was driving uh, through Artarman today down on my way to Tuiwi where I do a a 20 minutes, half an hour every Tuesday with Stuart Bocking to take your calls and help you with technology as I do here on the show and on Saturdays. It's it's a big part of my week. And I drove past the Tesla uh, showroom. They don't call them dealerships. And there was a guy sitting out the front behind a uh, taped off kind of zone sitting in a camp chair with a bag beside him. I thought, what's going on here? I pulled up. I went over and I said, um, hello, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm waiting in line for the Model 3. I stopped. I turned on my phone to record and I, I had a chat with him. His name is Andreas Stevens. He's from inner western Sydney. He drives a 20-something-year-old Toyota Corolla Seeker. And his 19-year-old son told him all about Tesla. And he's been reading books about it ever since. He has a bit of a background in solar engineering. So he has a, a knowledge and probably passion for 
those kind of environmental, um, you know, green or, or new energy initiatives. And he wants to be the first person to queue up to own a Tesla Model 3. Now, where do I start? Firstly, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to queue up, but I'm going to go in. I'm going to put $1,500 down. I'm going to put my name on the list to be a future owner, potentially, of a Tesla Model 3. Now, the Model 3, let's be very clear, is the third or the fourth, fourth Tesla. They had the Roadster, but that was very low production. Then they had the Model S, which is a huge production, and then recently the Model X, which hasn't even come to Australia yet. The Model 3 will be unveiled on Friday, okay, Friday afternoon, Australian time. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know what it looks like inside. We don't know what it costs in Australia. We don't know when you'll get it. And this guy's sitting out the front of the store for two days, two days, um, to be one of the first to put his name down. The worst part is he won't be the first owner in Australia because all the Model S owners get priority over anyone who puts their name down. <laughs> so here he is. And I said, mate, what he, he said he just wants to have a good story to tell his grandchildren. What an absolute cracker. That is fantastic. And all power, buddy, well to him. But don't you think it's amazing, the world we live in, where a man is currently queued, sitting out the front of a store for 48 hours before it opens up, allowing him to put a deposit or $1,500 payment down to secure his place in the line to potentially in the future then get a, a sales contract to configure and build a car that he may then want to buy. So you're not, you're not committing to buying. It's a refundable deposit. Um, and then this is all for a car that we have not seen, we do not know the price of, and will not be delivered until late 2018. Okay? It's two years, more than two years away. Unbelievable. It's, it's bad enough that an idiot like me is prepared to go and put down $1,500 on a car I've never seen and won't get for two and a half years. But here's a guy sitting out the front of a store for two days. Amazing. Anyway, his phone uh, has a dinky battery, so I bought him a new battery, a, a portable battery charger from the local BP. I gave him one of my lightning chargers cables, and I, I gave him my Red Bull Racing Hisense umbrella so that he was covered. I did, I must disclose, I rang the guys at Hisense and said, can I get a new umbrella? Because I love that umbrella, and I've given him that umbrella. So he's looked after, but it is a lonely couple of days out the front of the Tesla store. But that's the world we live in. God love it. Uh, love to know what you think. Whether you're, um, have you interested in the Model S? So the Model Three, and that's one of the reasons the website is going nuts today. Uh, because Tess, I wrote the story, interviewed him, got his name, wrote, took some photos, wrote the story on EFTM, and uh, it went very well. And then Tesla themselves tweeted it and Facebooked it, which has uh, probably accounted for 40, 30, 30 to forty percent of the traffic on EFTM today. So it's been lovely. It's good. It's good to be popular. Don't worry. Um, it's a fun, fun world we live in. Thank you for listening. Let's keep going on Your Tech Life. The new addition to the Arlo family has arrived. The Arlo Q, keeping your family and home safe, can be a challenge. But the Arlo Q is designed to be an easy-to-use security addition to any home with a bunch of features that will keep give you peace of mind. The Arlo Q lets you see and hear in perfect detail. It has brilliant 1080p HD with night vision, so you'll be able to see what's happening clearly regardless of the time of day. It also features two-way audio, so you can talk to anyone who's there. You don't have to be a security expert to install the Arlo Q camera in your home. All you need is an existing Wi-Fi network. 
and the Arlo app. Arlo Q has free cloud recording, so you can store and review the last seven days of recordings, plus free upgrade options. To learn more, visit arlo.com slash au. Thank you for listening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, if you've got a question, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, all you've got to do is go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Michelle. Oh, hi, Trevor. What can I do for you? Um, yes, um, I'm having trouble getting um, Seven Flicks and the Racing Channel on my TV that's in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear that, um, I'm not sure, I'm a little bit confused because I heard that I might need an MPEG-4 instead of an MPEG-2, and I'm not even sure what that is. Yeah, exactly. So let me try and break it down for you in simple language. Um, MPEG-2 and MPEG-4 are methods of compression. That, that's the way that um, the, the television stations, the, the transmitter towers, are able to squeeze a television picture into the airwaves and then have your television turn it into a picture at the other end. Now, the problem right. is MPEG-2 is great, and we've been using it for years and years and years, but MPEG-4 is a bit better. What it does is if you need, and we'll just use random numbers here, but let's say you needed 10 megabytes or megabits of space up in the air to do a HD channel using MPEG-2, you only need four to do a HD channel in MPEG-4. It's a better compression technology, so it actually offers you the same picture quality for a lot less bandwidth, so they can they can fit more into the airwaves, and all the television channels have limited airspace. So what they're doing is they're creating these new channels using MPEG-4, but the challenge is about... I think 70% of TVs are compatible and the other 30% simply cannot receive those channels and you sound like one of those people. Right. Uh, have you uh, have you checked with the manufacturer of your television? Um, I haven't. It's a AWA and it's about four or five years old now, so I'm so, thinking mm. it might be time to upgrade to a new telly. If you said to me it was an LG or a Samsung, or a Sony that was four years old, I'd say, I reckon we can get it going. There's either a firmware upgrade or something that needs to be done. However, an AWA is AWA is not, not the big company they used to be, and it's just a brand name whacked on a, on a with, with greatest respect, affordable uh, television. So what yeah. those companies churning out of Chinese factories have been doing is just making great affordable TVs and not looking at the you know, legislation and the different requirements for the future and therefore um, you know, selling great TVs. A lot of people bought TVs at Aldi, like big TVs, really cheap, high-definition TVs, but unfortunately, again, yep. not MPEG-4. So you either need to do one of two things. You need to get a new TV right. or yep. you need to get a set-top box. Now, in your bedroom, is it up on the wall or is it on a, you know, a, a, a dresser? It's on a dresser. So you could get a cheap, you know, under $100, you know, probably $50, a set-top box. And what you do is you plug the antenna into the set-top box and then the the set-top box uses, say, HDMI to go into the television and Bob's your uncle, you've got all the new channels. Right. What type of TV would I get if you wanted to buy a new one? As long as it was a new TV, you'll be safe. And obviously you now know the, the, the critical question to ask, is it MPEG-4 compatible and you can check the specs and the side of the box and all those things before you hand over your money but i'm, I'm assuming your bedroom tv isn't the largest of tvs on the market it's uh, a reasonable size 
Yes, it's a twenty-three inch. You'll I struggle. Think it is. You'll struggle to find something that small these days. Yes, I, I had a look, and I was looking at there was the new Samsung thirty-two, mm-hmm. and that was a series four. Would yep. that be appropriate? I, I'm quite confident that a Samsung television sold today will be um, uh, MPEG four compatible. Um, assuming you've got that little bit of extra space then. Now, how much are you looking to spend? How much do you think that Samsung was going to be? Um, it was three fifty nine on special. Wow, that's a good price because I'm looking at JB Hi-Fi right yeah. now and they're, you know, 500 odd for a, for a 32. Um, so, yeah, I think you'll be fine with that. Just uh, what you do is get the exact model number. Now, Samsung TV, all of the TVs have, <clears throat> excuse me, really silly model numbers like... Uh, it would be something like UA32J55, you know, it would be something long and weird. Look up that model number specifically on the Samsung website and then dig a little yep. bit deeper into the detailed specifications and look for MPEG-4, MPEG-4, um, just to triple check your own sanity. But I'm confident that it will be MPEG-4 compatible and that sounds like a good deal. Oh, that's fantastic. So I'm on the right track of what I'm doing, looking for a new telly. Um, It'll be a winner for you. to upgrade. It'll be yeah. a slightly bigger, better better picture. You'll you'll love it. All right? Good luck, Michelle. Thanks heaps for that, Trevor. Thank you. No worries at all. And if uh, if you've got a question, a problem, you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, go to the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Let's try and help you out with your tech woes. G'day, Bruce. Yes, hi, Trevor. How are you going? Good, mate. What can I do for you? I've um, got a problem with uh, Virgin Mobile um, or a phone that I have uh, with Virgin Mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Galaxy S5. Um, I signed up for a, for a contract. I, I've been with Virgin for quite some time and, and, as a matter of fact, very happy with them. But I uh, got a Galaxy S5 and uh, started having troubles with it not c- uh, connecting to the network. And I, I'm in places where it should have been connecting. So I uh, went back to uh, to Virgin and uh, they, they replaced the SIM card. Hopefully that would solve the problem, but it didn't seem to. Then um, they sent the uh, phone off for uh, for repair or, or to have it looked at. They indicated that it was a, a faulty phone and uh, back came uh, the, the replacement phone. But uh, lo and behold, even the replacement phone I had issues with. So, really? What sort of issues? What does it actually do? What's sort of going on? What does it actually do to you? Sorry? How do you know it's wrong? How do you know it's broken? Well, all the time, I keep getting this thing not connecting to the network when it should be. And I'd be talking to my wife, for example, and she's with Virgin as well. And um, all of a sudden, the thing would drop out, you know, and they'd say, not connected to the service. Um, so would that be a pop-up message? Is, is, is that a pop-up message that says not connected to the network? Or is it like in the, um, you know, the bars of coverage, it just says SOS? The bars the bars at the, at the top, yeah, the bars at the top, it, it just say not connected, not registered with service. Not mm-hmm. registered with the network. That was right, the term okay. used. Not registered with the network. Right. Yeah. So this is really strange. So I've gone back to Virgin again, and I've sort of asked instead of just you know sending it off, I really wanted a replacement phone, like mm-hmm. a uh, a brand new phone. But I'm sort of you know this is where I'm sort of uh, struggling with Virgin at the moment to uh, to get them, and it's been now um, they said between five and ten days before they'll come back with an answer, and I'm finding that very frustrating one way or another. So how long's so it been uh, in total? How long has it been it's, in total? It's been going on now for about... I've had issues with my phone for about seven weeks now. Wow. Okay. And Virgin have known about yeah. this from the start? 
Uh, well, well, yeah, since I started, as I said, about uh, seven weeks ago, something mm-hmm. along those lines, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just been ongoing, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get... All I want is a phone that works. And who has your phone right now? Uh, I actually have the phone myself. Mm-hmm. However, it's, it's left with Virgin now to determine whether they're going to... Because I've, I've requested that it be replaced with a brand-new handset. Uh, and they say, according to, to them at the moment, it's, it's with their, um, their customer service department uh, as to whether or not they're going to actually do that. And I'm still waiting for that, uh, that response. Rightio. Well, let's kick it up the tree somewhat and uh, see whether we can find someone uh, up the tree at, at Virgin who thinks that you should just have your problems sorted quicker than, than the seven weeks. I'd like to think that someone's yeah. going to go, no matter what the issue, seven weeks is too long. Um, it's so, a long time, yeah. Bruce, uh, I'm going to send you an email. I'm going to ask you to send me yeah. back all your details, your, your account details, um, whatever you can about the case, about the phone, whatever, um, in terms of them locating your case. And then let's see whether we can get a, a higher-end customer service uh, person working on that for you, okay? Oh, Trevor, that would be absolutely fabulous. I, I just want to get this issue resolved so that uh, I can start you know, using the phone that I, I'm contracted with. Good. Yeah. Yep. Well, leave it with me. I'll come back to you, okay? Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate all your help. Thank you. Good on you. And if you've got a question about technology and need help like Bruce, let's uh, scoot it up the tree. Uh, Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Wherever you are, get in touch if you've got a question about technology. We can try and help you out as best we can. Let's go to calls. G'day, Robert. How are you, Trevor? Good, mate. Yourself? Oh, getting there, back to work today. Oh, it's a tough life, isn't it? Yeah, aren't we lucky we can participate in it? <laughs> what can I do for you, mate? Uh, I've had a few issues with my uh, Dell computer. Um, well, actually, the computer's okay, but uh, I went to the Windows 10 uh, when we were invited to do that uh, mm. last year, and it worked uh, like a song till earlier this year, but I'm mm. getting a lot of freeze-ups in it now. Mm. Um, the computer's uh, coming up to six years old, but I spec'd it up with an i7 first-generation chip, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it had a new motherboard that uh, went into it just before the warranty ran out uh, mm-hmm. at the three years. I, I spoke with you at that time, and sure. you'll be in touch with people at, uh, at Dell that made things happen. Beautiful. And... Uh, I also got a, a program here to go through and analyse uh, uh, problems and what have you, and it says it goes through and fixes it, but I seem to have to run it at least every second or third day to oh. bring the thing back to life. Do, do you think uh, the computer's too old, or what do you think it may be? Look, I think there is one of two things you can do. The first one is just buy a new computer and the world, your problems will be solved. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, a newer, fresher, faster computer. And again, if you're able to stump up, the, you did the right thing back then. You got yourself six years of life out of it because you got an i7. Um, and yeah. the same will occur now. Um, yeah. But I don't know what you've done. Have you wiped it clean? That's the only other thing I would say is to do a full format and reinstallation. No, I haven't done that. I because it's usually a fairly painful exercise. I've read quite a few of the blogs and, and yeah. that on it, and uh, the uh, you know other people have tried all, all that from what I've read, and you know similar sort of issues. So, but th- here's the thing, right? If uh, and Dell's normally come with a part of the partition that has the original operating system on it, so it's 
I don't remember it being a difficult um, thing to do. You boot the computer up, you press something like F6 or F5, and it, it takes you into this special Dell area. And Dell, the Dell support forums will help you through this. And and what it does is it wipes it back to exactly as it left the factory. Now, obviously, you've done some upgrades. That's good. But the software will be as per original. And then what you do... So it'll be Windows 7, right? Correct, right. Yeah. And, then, and then what you do is you do the Windows 10 update straight away. Right. And then see how it goes. Because, frankly, if it doesn't perform well at that point, you know, don't install all your software yet. Just get it running. Get Windows 10 on it and do your basic things via the web, for example. Yeah. And if it doesn't work in that circumstance, then, mate, it's it's gone for this world, right? right. The, you know, the hard drive might be flickering, you know. There's a million things that can obviously go wrong with a computer, and, um, you know, you wouldn't want to even begin to try and replace them individually. But uh, I think, personally, that's your best bet is to is to back up your data, get the yeah. format happening, and, yeah. uh, and see whether she's going to run. But, mate, a, a six-year-old computer um, is well at the end of its life. There's no doubt. Okay, well, uh, my wife says that. That's what I should do, but I, I see... Uh, Mate, you know, you've got the wife's there. support. It's fantastic, and, uh, you know, I put a new uh, RAM card in it as well there about nine months ago, mm. which sort of spruced it up as well. But, and the good news is, you know what, you've had a good experience with Dell over six yeah. years. It's it served you well, so you know where to go to get a new PC. Yes. Um, they've served you well. And, mate, you've got the wife's permission. I don't even know why you're, why you're even contemplating it. <laughs> okay. All right, Rob. So I reckon, I, I mean, I think, uh, I think it's worth trying. But, you know, if, if, if you can afford a new computer and the missus approves, I would go down that path and, and you will be blown away by how better the experience is with a sixth-generation Intel Core i7 processor compared yes. to the first-generation. Yeah, that first generation i7 is probably equivalent to uh, one of the later i3s or something now, I suppose. Is it? Would I, you say? Or? I, I'd be I'd be amazed if the i3 hasn't even gone past it. Right. So, well worth. The, I mean, it depends on what you're doing. Obviously, with video, a graphic press preparation, the i3 is still not up to it. But in terms of general computer performance, um, if you win an i7 again, you will be like jumping into a BMW from a Toyota. Yeah, and as far as that uh, program I bought, uh, it's called Reimage. I sort of bought it online. Mm. Have you heard of it at all? I have not. Um, you know, it, look... It's sort of an analysis type thing, and then it gives you the fix. But, you know, when it came to giving it the fix, you know, they said cough, cough up some uh, cash. And ah, yeah. So well, that's always the challenge, right? By then I did that, and, uh, you know, t- told me everything was operating okay, but you've got a few bugs here and this and that, and then it fixes up the files and... But you'd think you'd run that and you'd be right for yeah. whatever. But it, Look, you know, I, I installed a thing called Mac Keeper on, on my Mac. It's a very similar style program, and I fell for it. I paid the cash. I'm not sure it did me any great wonders. Um, I think you're better off doing your own diagnosis, and yeah. I think you're better off running a, a more reputable bit of software like Norton 360 to, to manage the PC going forward. But, uh, yeah. you know, not, not the end of the world, mate. Not the end of the world. Yeah. All right, good luck, my man. Okay, thank you. Anytime, mate. If you've got a question about technology, a problem, whatever it is, just jump on the blower, 1-800-157-157, or go to the website, eftm.com.au. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin Forerunner, for runners. Now, this is the watch that is made for runners. That's why it's called the Forerunner. No two runners are the same, and neither are our watches. So find the training partner that's right for you. There's a whole range on the Garmin website. You can check them out at garmin.com.au, including the Gar 4Runner, 
1-800-858-8235. Stay in the zone and race to your personal best with Elevate Wrist Heart Rate Technology. The watch's colourful graphic interface tells you what zone you're in, allowing you to train more effectively with wrist-based heart rate. Smart features include notifications and, and Connect IQ apps. Also includes connected features such as automatic upload to Garmin Connect and audio prompts. This is a cracking little watch. Uh, you can find it all over the, uh, the place in good retailers. And of course, you can find out more details at garmin.com slash au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. So I mentioned Mar- Milo, you know, that was uh, a bit random in a tech podcast, but I was sent um, three little products from Milo. Not Milo, the, you know, chocolatey stuff you put in a drink. Uh, these are fitness trackers for kids aged 6 to 12 is the target market. So one of my kids is perfectly targeted. The other two, just wearing it for fun because you can't just let one kid have the fun when you're reviewing technology. So... Um, these are little green rubber bands or, you know, um, that plasticky rubber that, um, these, these things are made of very comfortable, um, very elastic, very easy to put on. Although a little bit hard to put the clips, clips on a small child, I've got to be honest. And then slipping inside them is a small, um, black fitness tracker. Now that fitness tracker is targeted at kids. It's uh, configured for kids and it shows very simply the time, the steps, the calories, the distance and all those kind of things. Plus of course, um, it syncs with an app now. If your child has an iPod or an Android device, they can see their own data. Plus, as a parent, you can have multiple children in your app so you can see everyone's um, fitness or, or activity status. It's called the Milo Champions Band. And i got to say, I was torn in the first place. I thought, you know, should we be doing this for kids? Should we be tracking them? But you know what? In my house, screen time is a thing. It absolutely is in lots of houses in Australia. So if we're going to have screen time for kids, then... Let's be honest about it. Let's make sure they understand that you only get it if you've done your activity. So set them a goal. Set them a goal for what they should and shouldn't be doing before they get access to screen time and um, and have them monitor that. They'll love it. They enjoy it. My kids think it's fantastic fun checking their steps. We went to the zoo. They were checking how they'd been going. Now, obviously, they, they probably can't wear these kind of things at school, but they're great for the weekends. They're great for afternoons as they get home. They are just great. And if your child doesn't want to have their fitness track, that's fine. Uh, totally cool. But if you want to incentivize their their activity levels, then you could gamify the whole uh, device. You could you know give them rewards based on their their activity. It's a great little thing, and it's only about thirty bucks. It's thirty nine dollars, and it comes with a big tin of Milo. So um, about thirty bucks for the fitness tracker. Very good uh, deal. Cheapest fitness tracker you'll find, and actually configured for kids as well. Um, Check it out. I've posted an article or review up at eftm.com.au. What about these headphones? They're called the Prima. P-R-Y-M-A. Prima. Um, they are opulence matched with quality. That's how I've described them on the website. Um, they're $899 and they come in the most magnificent box. The, the earpieces themselves are detached from the, from the headband. So you can, you, you slot them through and they clip in. And the ones that I had are a shiny black with a beautiful kind of gold finish and they're handcrafted in Italy. They come in five different, uh, looks and styles and colors. And, um, they're actually beautiful. I mean, they are probably a little bit opulent for me. I think you look a little bit over the top wearing them, but you know, in a corporate, uh, you know, like a Qantas club, they'd look beautiful. Uh, in a high-end home, they would look beautiful sitting there, uh, A, on the bench, and B, sitting there wearing them would look lovely. These are not for everyone. They're $900. But 
if you do spend $900, you're not only getting a quality crafted product, but you're also getting a fantastic sound. They have a really good sound, not a deep sound. They're not a very bassy headphone. Um, they're much more kind of neutral, which is personally, I think for, for this style of buyer, I don't think they're listening to Eminem and Kanye or whoever the heck else are in that kind of space. I think this is kind of perfectly aimed in terms of the sound um, signature at the owner's um, or the prospective owners of these things. Um, it's a pretty fantastic product. It is out of most people's price range, but hey, what do you get the person who's got everything? Handcrafted headphones from Italy. They're called the Prima, P-R-Y-M-A. Uh, at the very least, have a look at them on the on the website and see the photos at eftm.com.au. And um, before we get back to calls, it's taken me a while to get to this in the, in the show, but the iPhone SE is out on Thursday. So on Thursday, you'd be able to go into a store or you could queue up and get a Tesla and an iPhone. Perhaps they can't do that at the same store. That's disappointing, isn't it? Uh, but on Thursday, the SE is available. I've been using it now since uh, Thursday last week. It's great. Um, I much prefer the smaller smaller phone. Um, I find it easy to use, and it's as powerful as the 6 in, in most ways. And it's also, um, you know, got most of the uh, the features of the 6S. So I think critically, really, this is this is a very simple decision. Do you want a smaller screen? If so, winning. And secondly, what's missing? So here's what's not in the iPhone SE that is in the in the 6S. LTE Advanced. Now that's high-end speed that most people don't even need, let alone notice they've got. Um, MIMO Wi-Fi. So this is multi input multi output uh mimo is the wi-fi again it's a great feature of of wireless networks but it's not in every home so uh probably most homes won't have it you know these are these are high-end routers um most homes probably won't have it for some time so i don't think you'll miss it it only has the first generation fingerprint reader and again i'm not sure i noticed the difference between first and second generation here um it's still great not maybe not as fast as the successes fingerprint reader it doesn't have a barometer. Oh, no. Um, so, hey, if you're using apps that use barometer sensors on the 6S, then the SE is not for you. The front-facing camera is not great. It's only 1.2. Um, sorry, it's a, um, yes, it's a 1.2 megapixel camera. The um, the 6S has a 5 megapixel. So um, the 6S has a much better camera on the front for selfies. Uh, it does not have 3D touch, that ability to push on the screen and kind of get new options. But again, I don't use that much. And of course, it doesn't have a bigger screen. But apart from that, it's a brand new phone on the inside. It's all of Apple's latest technology. Well, as of last October, I'm sure they've got much better technology in the pipeline now for later this year. Uh, but it's all there and, and ready to use. And it's only $679 with 16 gig of storage. Um, I think that's great value. I think that is a cracking good uh, product. And I think it's stunning to have um, Apple talking about a uh, an under $700 phone. And I think it's probably scaring the heck out of Samsung, LG, Sony, especially those second tier. LG, Sony, the people that are trying to sell phones. Um, a real challenging market when you've got Apple coming in at that price. Uh, my full review is on the website, eftm.com.au. Would love your thoughts. So do uh, comment on the article or, of course, uh, on the Facebook page, uh, which is uh, trevorlong.com will take you there, and uh, on Twitter, at Trevor Long. And, of course, um, I should mention, um, if you've left a rating or you haven't left a rating, please leave one on iTunes. 
Um, we, we have an average rating of five stars. That's very nice. Average five stars. Thank you. Uh, a couple of new ones. Uh, tell it like it is from Ben Lux One, the best tech podcast, as Trevor tells it like it is. If it's a gimmick, he'll say. If it's great, he'll say it. Five thumbs up as well as five stars. Thank you, mate. And uh, I, Kieran Egan, says, excellent podcast. Trevor has one of the best tech podcasts around. I've been listening for years. He's always very current and up to date with the latest gear and trends. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, guys. Um, jump onto iTunes if you're uh, listening that way and leave a rating, leave a star rating and a comment because it helps other people uh, find the show, understand the show. And also it feeds my ego, which is very important as an unemployed, sorry, self-employed individual. It helps that you feed my ego. So thank you. Uh, but more importantly, it helps people find the show. Trust me. Uh, let's keep going with calls here on Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, it absolutely doesn't matter what you uh, what you want to ask. Get on the blower, 1-800-157-157, or go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Julie. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. What can I do um, for you? I have a problem with my computer where um, I've still got Windows XP Home <gasps> Edition. Julie. Yes. That's very, very naughty. Yes. Have you, you've right. been told this before, have you? I beg your pardon? Have you been told before that that's naughty? Uh, yeah, I was told by um, somebody that um, was still being um, supported. No, well, it's not. Ago. It's not anymore. It's only, it's, no. It is only a little while. Yeah. Um, so basically what that means is that mm-hmm. if, if uh, you know, one of these nasty thug criminals finds a way to hack into Windows XP computers, Microsoft may not, may not um, support an update for it. And it's unlikely they would because there's such a small number of people running it. So you're vulnerable. In a very, very small way, you are vulnerable to security issues. And that's, that's what worries me a little bit. So have you got, I mean, how often do you use the computer? Every day. Radio. And how old is it, the actual computer itself? Um, probably about seven years. It's um, one of those um, tower ones. Radio. Now, tell me what you do with it, Julie. Um, just do emails, and I'm on a couple of um, sites, you know, um, fan club and mm-hmm. music. I do iTunes music yep. and yep. Um, download videos yep. for music. Right. Have you ever, have you got an iPad or any other mo- mobile devices? I've got an iPod yep. and I've got um, a Galaxy, Samsung Galaxy Notebook. Right. And what what are your thoughts about, because i got to be honest with you, I think it's time to replace that PC. Oh. Um, I mean... Oh. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, well, look, let, okay, let's go back a step. No, you don't need to replace the PC. It's still working for you. Yeah. Yes, Windows... Oh, well, actually, it's um, driving me crazy at oh, the moment. Wow. It keeps um, stopping... Um, freezing and that sort of thing, and that's what I assumed it was yeah. probably because it's got Windows. Well, it's not just because it's Windows XP. It's it's ah. because it's getting old. I mean, to be honest, you'd be very lucky to get four great years out of a computer. Six is a is a good life. Ah. You're talking about seven now. You're absolutely not going to recover from any problems that you have from here on going forward. Um, you don't need these days to buy a big tower. Um, when you said you got a Samsung notebook, was that a laptop or a, a, a tablet? No, it's a tablet. Rightio. Have you tried just using that and nothing else? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Because but, this is um, the... Um, what, why, why do you use the computer if you've got that tablet? Well, 
world because my emails are on the other one. They're not on anything else that I've got. And do you know that you can put your emails on that tablet? Um, no. Well, do you do you need the old emails or do you just need new ones that come through? Uh, yeah, just the new ones. It'd be all right. Yeah. So you could have you got a like a big pond account, do you? Yes. You can absolutely put that on the tablet so that all right. your mail how comes through get, on there. How do I go about that? Well, actually, on a um, on on a Samsung tablet, there's a mail application, and if you open it up, it, it kind of asks you a couple of questions, and you work your way through it. Now, I probably wouldn't do that until you'd either got in front of you on the other computer or a tablet or something the instructions from Big Pond. But Big Pond will have instructions yeah. on their website about adding your mail account to a Samsung tablet. And it probably won't take you more than 15 minutes. Well, that sounds good. Then I wouldn't have to... Yeah, and this is, this is my so point. Much. You won't need to use the computer. What you could do is... Have you got a keyboard for that tablet? Um, no, I don't. So here's what I... I mean, I, if I was you, and let's say that computer was already broken, right. I wouldn't recommend you buy a new computer. I would recommend you get your Big Pond Mail set up. I'd recommend that you go and buy a great uh, keyboard and, and cover for that tablet so that you can type on it, you can use it like a normal computer. And um, frankly, the Telstra store, you being a loyal Telstra customer, should be able to even help you set up that, that mail on that tablet. Mm. Well, that sounds good. Well, that I think it's worthwhile, while, before we go down the path of saying, hey, go and get a new computer, mm. I think it's worthwhile unplugging the computer from the wall for two weeks, right, and yeah. seeing, seeing how frustrating or good it is for you to use the tablet alone. Okay, so just get onto that and make, forget about the other one. Make that your primary device, and mm. then it and always make keep a little notepad and write down the things that don't work or that you find hard to do. And maybe if you want, we can have another chat down the track and and see where whether those things can be cured with the tablet or whether you do need another computer. But right now, I think for someone that's doing email and websites, mm. I think a tablet is the ultimate device. So you wouldn't recommend that I put Windows 10 or anything oh, onto it? definitely not. I wouldn't upgrade that computer with anything. It, it mm. won't cope well. And, and oh, at this okay. point, I wouldn't recommend you spend any money on a new computer either because you probably don't need one. No. All right, Julie. Okay. That's want, fantastic. And, and remember, the it's it's, you know, it's it's people will probably hate the way I say this, but it's like cigarettes, right? Sometimes you've either got to go cold turkey or oh. you need the patches. I'm suggesting you go cold turkey. Unplug that computer from the wall and and when you go to plug it in tell yourself why am i doing that and try that on the tablet all right all right so what keyboard would i go and buy if you are you in uh, where do you live the samsung 10.1 or something it is if you go to a say a jb hi-fi or a harvey norman or even if you could trek into the city and go to the samsung store um you just want a bluetooth keyboard you can probably get a case that has a keyboard built into it and so oh, it actually okay. it actually kind of becomes a laptop. Oh, sounds excellent. I think you'll love it, Julie. I think you'll love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it already. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, will you let me know how you go, all right? I will, Trevor. Good on you. Thanks for getting Good. in touch. Thank you very much for that info. My, my pleasure. Now, uh, if you've got a question, like Julie, and uh, you want to have a chat about it, doesn't matter if it's a big problem or you've just a, a, got a question about something technology in your life, Go to the website, Julie did, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Any time you've got a question, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Helen. G'day, Trevor. What How can I do you? for you? 
Trevor, I've had a message come up on my screen and I use Windows 7 and it reads Windows Live ID Sign-in Assistant. There was a problem that caused parts of the Windows Live ID Sign-in Assistant to be disabled. You might not be able to sign into Windows Live in some programs. The problem may have been caused by a program that was recently installed. For more information, please go to, and it gives me a website. Um, and I guess my main concern is the program I installed. How do I locate this particular program associated with the problem, and should I remove it? So you don't know. And it doesn't. It doesn't tell you what program uh, is associated. It's just a. It's a, a a blanket message kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, it is exactly. Okay. Um, I think the issue is uh, if, as long as the website is trusted by Microsoft. Now, here's the thing: you sent me this message, and I've clicked on the link on your behalf, and it actually takes you nowhere of any significance. Uh, it's like the oh. it's, it's like the link is out of date, and it takes you to a Microsoft promotional page, basically. Um, so that's not very handy at all. Um, okay. And I, I think the um, I think you, the issue is trying to find. Um, that that problem replicated on. So it's Windows Seven you're running. That's correct. Yes. Now let's ask the the simple questions. Do you use Windows Live or like do you when you log on to your computer? Uh, does it require a, a Windows Live password or just a standard account password? No, no, just a standard account password. Um. So I wonder where, if at all, um, Windows Live. Do you use what do you use as a mail program? Do you use the web for Gmail, or do you have to actually open up a program? No, I have Gmail. Okay, I'm just having a little look online at, at related topics, um, and it could be related to Windows Live Mail, which may or may not be installed on your computer. Um, I, I believe it is. Yes. Okay, and and there's a there's basically a set of programs called Windows Essentials. Now, Windows right. Essentials includes Windows Live Mail and things like that. Um, what you want to do, I'd, I'd get rid of that. I would, um, I, and you might need to Google, to be honest, the, the instructions for uh, uninstalling Windows or uninstalling Essentials from Windows um, because it doesn't look ridiculously easy looking at the instructions I've got in front of me. But uh-huh. it, it may be the first step because Windows Essentials maybe is, is something you don't use a lot anyway. Um, no, I don't. And no. you, you should probably do it. You can probably just do it through the start and then programs and uninst- uninstall slash change. So okay. I would start with uninstalling Windows Essentials um, and uh-huh. see whether that gives you any joy. The other thing to do is... Um, you know, Dr. Google in this instance is very, very useful. So you have a very specific message you've been given. Um, if you're able to search for that specific message, um, you uh-huh. might you might have a lot of luck finding other people with the same problem. So, for example, I've just found another um, another issue, person with a Windows Live ID sign-in assistant issue. Um, uh-huh. And what you do, unless it's actually Microsoft's website, so this is the best way to do kind of, uh, you know, tech troubleshooting online using Google is if it's Microsoft's own website, follow the instructions word for word. If it's another random, you know, forum, for example, where people are just offering information, then read as many as you can. So read five or six of them and then use the kind of the, the, the wealth of information to determine which one is most likely the best outcome because as long as more than one or two people have suggested the same thing, then you should have some luck in um, in, in solving the problem, if you like. 
Um, okay. I think, to be honest, though, the, the first point is definitely that Windows Essentials. Um, okay. Get rid of that. And have you installed any other newer programs? Um, I just updated a Java one recently. Right. That's probably not it. And do you ever use the Windows Live login? No, I don't. I, I attempted to and I just found it too hard to use and that mm. would probably be at least over 12 months ago. Yeah, right. So then the other thing to do is look through that list of programs. When you go to the uninstall program section, uh, look through that list and look for things that you do not use and uninstall them because here's the great thing. If you happen to uninstall something that you do use, it's so easy to get again. You can just download it off the internet, right? So right. uninstall. I'll be looking for anything. Like even Skype uses Windows Live ID now. Um, um, Windows Messenger, anything that's to do with messaging or um, Windows Live that you see in the program list, and you have to look through it slowly because there's a lot in there, I would just okay. happily remove them. Just remove Lovely. them. And then and then have, have great faith that at least those things are going to lead you closer to the, to the issue being solved. The other question is, when the error comes up, um, does it allow you just to close the error down? It does. It just says OK towards the bottom, and yeah. I just click on that and shut it down. My concern was that it could have been um, a bit of malware or something yeah. like that. I think um, I th- that's a very good question. I don't. I don't see from my very basic searching that it's um, that it's a malware issue because I think that would uh, I would see more reports of virus or malware there. So I think it is actually a, a problem with a very simple piece of software that is trying to launch and can't because you're not signed in and you just want to either get rid of it. So so the good news is let's assume it's not malware. So just keep uh-huh. clicking OK until you find the thing that's causing it. And even if you don't find the thing that's causing it. Just click click and OK, and then the time will come for you to get a new computer or to upgrade that one to Windows 10, and uh, all your woes for Windows Live ID will be will be gone. Wonderful. All Wonderful. right. So not perfect, Lovely. but but at least some some assurance that you're okay to to do what you were thinking about doing. All right. Wonderful. You've been very very helpful, Trevor. No worries. Hopefully you can get that resolved, and if you have any further issues, you get in touch. Okay. Thank you kindly, Trevor. You have a nice evening. Thank you. And if you've got a question, a problem, or you want help with any technology in your life, just get on the website eftm.com.au. Anyone else need a drink? So do I. It's been a great day. It's been a great week, in fact. Lots of good things happening. The vibe is good in uh, in the EFTM world. And we appreciate your support. I appreciate your loyalty. I appreciate you sticking by us. Appreciate you following. I appreciate you listening. It's just great. It's good to have you on board. And if you could tell your friends, well, that'd be even better. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. You know what? Let's do it again next week. Let's just go. Let's just start every Tuesday. Let's just do a new podcast. How's that for a theory? Hang on a minute. I've been doing that for 323 weeks. All right. I'll come up with a better idea next week. Talk to you then for episode 324. Thanks to the good people at Garmin and Arlo. Talk to you next week. It's a cold ending. You think you should play jingle at the end? I don't know. What do you think? Play techie again. That'd be a bit self-indulgent. Play an ID or a jingle? Come on, quickly vote. ID or jingle? ID or jingle? (gasps) ID wins. No, jingle wins.